everyone welcome to the fifth episode of kekat i am your host and storyteller gaurav shah today's kekat today's episode the story is about the papal mafia yes i am just going to be straight forward this time no theatrical music nothing just straight forward well actually you know this episode was supposed to be the first episode of the podcast and i even recorded it but then i thought that i'm too close to this story like i've read about it so many times have talked about it basically my thoughts perspective might influence the story which i thought back then would not go with the theme of the podcast that is factual data back story i mean i was pretty sure that the one thing i won't do in this podcast is to give any kind of advice and keep this podcast fresh like simple data back stories about people ideas that change the way we see the world the process of this podcast is like i mean the process by which i record every episode is like there are few there are few stories i pretty much know about i am familiar with there are few stories where i go back and read about it again from the book i have read or an article which i have bookmarked earlier and then just you know play the recording equipment and just narrate the story raw sometimes a friend of mine joins me in the first discussion and we just talk about it Uh, this is this is this is one of that story you know where i and couple of my friends who share the same fascination for the story have talked about it several times and i said the same thing to my friend and i said basically i said the same view point that i don't want this to be the first episode as i constantly felt that i won't be able to do enough justice to the story because there is so much to say about this right i mean sometimes you just like you have so much to say that you are just like talking 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 and from a listener point of view you are like that's too much that's too much information to consume right and there is a lot of perspective my own opinion which starts coming into the place in fact the first recording i did first raw recording i did for this episode i spoke for like 1 hour about the story <laughs> and i was i was personally not able to hear it i mean it's too much 1 hour is too much right but now after revisiting this episode i tried to shorten the story from a listener point of view because that one hour was just me and my friend blabbering our views thoughts and theories this story is special this story is important because this company paypal laid the foundation of what we know as silicon valley it also changed the way companies and organizations around the world function like now we see you know entrepreneurs like billionaires wearing trousers informal like idea based organization rather than you know you have to be formal formally dressed everywhere uh, we, we now know companies has like lean startups exponential companies and not a hierarchical slow organization which was there which was present back in 1980s right it changed the way the entire tech industry functioned in a nutshell paypal resulted into six billionaires 13 disruptive companies of the century without paypal we won't have to some extent linkedin yahoo facebook tesla spacex youtube yammer yelp and like many more the 200 men i guess men would not be the right word but 200 college graduates who ran this company were actually the tech mafia it was a separate world altogether it was a, like a mad nerd frat house It was the year 1998. This was pre-smartphone era. There was no Wi-Fi. eBay was ruling the e-commerce peer-to-peer transactional platform industry. Basically, what that means is that bringing the sellers and the buyers on a single platform. Amazon was just started a couple of years back. 
1994 to be exact and it was primarily focused on books and other basic commodities back then so you can say ebay pretty much ruled the e-commerce space this is also a time of palm pilot pdas personal digital assistant yes there was a time when pdas meant more than just an abbreviation of public display of affection these pdas were pretty famous in late 1990s I guess your parents might definitely have an idea about this. This PDAs were a kind of a basic version of a smartphone, like it had basic notepad, one can store addresses, contact info, pretty much like a very early and primitive version of a smartphone, you can say. But one of the most important functionality of this PDAs was its ability to connect to the internet, which opened the possibilities for immense potential and scalability. In 1998. Max Levchin who was a graduate student at University of Illinois thought to build a technology an application on Palm Pilot itself that will allow people to send money to one another this was a pre digital banking era by the way there was just like maybe one debit card service not widely known and people used to send money via money order writing a check basically all i'm saying is that there was no proper infrastructure back then in the banking sector and there was quite a requirement for a solution in this space now levchin had an entrepreneurial background his first company net meridian which was a marketing automation tool he sold that company to microsoft so he knew what he was getting into however since the digital banking sector being new he wanted a helping hand someone with an experience in this industry around that very same time when levchin was working on this idea peter thiel a lawyer from Stanford Law School who was a hedge fund manager in New York came to Levchin's university to give a lecture as a guest speaker now levchin had read about peter thiel so he and his friend went to attend his lecture that's when levchin met thiel and levchin shared his idea thiel got impressed with the potential of this idea and agreed to help out as a partner they named that company fieldlink which got later changed to confinity that very same time in a different state elon musk was working on a similar idea now elon was kind of a prodigy a native south african he sold his first game at the age of 12 called blaster in feb 1999 at the age of 27 he sold his second company zip2 to compact at record 307 million dollars and musk received 22 million dollars out of that deal after cashing out with this deal musk too realized an opportunity in the banking space and was working on to build a digital bank allowing people to send money to another musk and his friend greg kauri named that company the digital bank has x.com at that time in late 90s ebay was kind of a big deal it had around 10 million users after just 5 years since inception and everyone wanted a share of it now both x.com and confinity which was thiel's and levchin's company both had their service integrated with ebay meaning users can create an account on either of the service and then use it over ebay to make payments or receive payments from one another now this service changed the e-commerce infrastructure and opened the gates for many other e-commerce companies ebay looking at the numbers thought why don't we come up with a similar service why let someone else scrape out some share of something we offer so ebay being ebay came up with their own competing peer to peer transactional service operating over ebay called billpoint ebay partnered with wells fargo a renowned bank back then to help with behind the scenes back end processing for 35% stake in billpoint the game was on x.com led by musk confinity led by thiel and levchin and billpoint by ebay now musk being musk thought if this goes on 
we would be losing quite the share in the market and it will be difficult to compete against the giant eBay. So he walked four blocks across the street to Confinity office and met Thiel and Levchin. He proposed a merger. Thiel and Levchin agreed to it since Confinity, although had the higher market share among all the three, their churn rate, basically the amount of money they were spending on advertisements and marketing was extremely high. On the other hand, Musk had enough cash in the bank to sustain. So a merger was a sensible approach for both the parties. They decided to keep the parent company as X.com and name the peer-to-peer digital banking service as PayPal. Thiel became the senior vice president of finance, Levchin took on as CTO, chief technical officer, Musk as chairman, and they brought in Bill Harris, the former CEO of Intuit, as chief executive officer, as he had a necessary experience and background in the banking sector. Now comes a little bit of drama. I mean, it was bound to happen. Remember when I said the company was ran as of nerd frat house? I meant it. Everyone in the team on both the sides, PayPal as well as X.com, were creative people, having their own vision of how they wanted this company to be. Like it was known that Thiel and Levchin had no interview process to hire people. They just hired their college friends, people they can be friends with. And it makes sense because creativity and innovation happens only when there is trust. But this ideology of growth conflicted with Bill Harris' point of view. Well, he was not wrong. He just came from a very different standard hierarchical-based organizational structure. And even Musk had some difference in opinion with him. Peter Thiel, Bill Harris and everyone at PayPal wanted to close down X.com and completely shift the focus on PayPal's P2P service. But Musk had paid around $1 billion to acquire the domain named X.com and he was not to budge. So when he was on vacation, the first one to go was Bill. Bill left the company and Musk too was fired after that. Thiel took on the role of CEO. Musk still had the highest majority of ownership in the company though. That was it. I mean, after that, it was all growth and growth for PayPal. In 2001, PayPal went public and raised $63 million. By June 2001, almost 70% of all transactions were taking place via PayPal. eBay realized they cannot compete with PayPal and offered a buyout at $1.5 billion. Yes, billion with a B. It was the first giant exit at the time. As of 2018, PayPal is worth $100 billion, two and a half times than eBay itself. Later, eBay lost the e-commerce war when Amazon and other companies came in, but PayPal kept going strong. Well, the story of PayPal Mafia does not end here. Actually, the story of PayPal Mafia started here. After the exit, that is eBay buying in PayPal for $1.5 billion, the deal created six billionaires out of PayPal and 13 companies of the century. The first billionaire was, of course, the new father. I'm not going to try to spell that, but you get it, right? Mr. Elon Musk. And what a time to talk about Musk right now with everything going on. Musk received $250 million from the eBay deal, $150 million after taxes, and then we all know what happened next. He went on to build SpaceX, then Tesla, then SolarCity, then Neuralink, then the Boring Company, and lastly OpenAI. I just realized Musk has equal number of kids and companies. Oh wait, it's seven with the kids now, after the recent one. Again, not gonna spell that. As of 2018, Musk is worth $21.3 billion. 
Second, Peter Thiel. Thiel received $55 million from the eBay deal. He went on to found Clarium Capital, a VC firm, and then Palantir Technologies. He was also the first person to trust and invest in Facebook. Yes, go and rewatch the movie Social Network. You can find a similar scene there. Just to add to this, his book Zero to One is actually an encyclopedia for every entrepreneur. If you are into business or startups, you might already know about this book. But if you don't, you have to get your hands on this book right now. Like literally right now. I carry this book everywhere with me. I still do. It's basically a holy scripture for businesses. As of 2018, Thiel is worth $2.5 billion. Third, Reid Hoffman, Executive Vice President by the time eBay purchased PayPal. Reid Hoffman co-founded the largest professional networking site, what we know as LinkedIn. Just to add to this, if you haven't got the chance, do listen to his podcast, The Masters of Scale. It's one of the best podcasts and I still follow it regularly. Reid is retired from LinkedIn, by the way. As of 2018, Reid Hoffman is worth $3.3 billion. Next is Luke Nosek, Vice President of Marketing and Strategy at PayPal. He founded Founders Fund with Peter Thiel and Ken Howry, who is worth $1.5 billion as of now, to help young entrepreneurs struggling with cash flow. He was also the first institutional investor in SpaceX. As of now, he is worth more than $1.2 billion. Fifth, Jeremy Stobelman, VP of Engineering. Jeremy co-founded Yelp, a crowdsource review site we all know about, with Max Levchin and Russell Simmons, who was also one of the C-level executives at PayPal. Yelp today has around 100 million unique users. Sixth, but not the least, Max Levchin, who was CTO at PayPal. Max obviously co-founded Yelp. Along with that, he also founded Slide, which he sold to Google for $200 million in 2010. He also sits on the board of directors at Evernote. Next is Javed Karim. Javed, along with Chad Hurley and Steve Chan, co-founded YouTube, the second most popular site after Google. Google bought YouTube in October 2006 for $1.65 billion. Next in the line is Yishan Wong, who went on to become the CEO of Reddit, and David Sachs, who founded Yammer, a social networking service which was later acquired by Microsoft for $1.2 billion in 2012. And finally, Rolf Botha, who is partner at Sequoia Capital, one of the largest VC firm in the world presently. He also sits at the board of director for Zoom, YouTube and Tumblr. These are just few of them. It is also said that all the first 200 early employees of PayPal went on to do something impactful or are holding executive position at pretty much all the Fortune tech companies presently. So this was a story, care cut of PayPal Mafia, the people who laid the early foundation of Silicon Valley. I still feel though I haven't done justice to this story, there is a lot, lot to talk about. These individual points I mentioned about are stories in themselves. PayPal also changed the way companies function in general. The credit to coin the term startup to some extent can also be given to them. Sometimes I just feel, what if I were present when this all happened? If I were to have a time machine, I would go back to this decade, you know, right in the middle of San Jose or Palo Alto in California to witness this. But anyways, all we can do as of now is listen, learn and acknowledge this story. 
This is it from the episode of Gearcut. Do write me at gearcutcontact@gmail.com. Stay home, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>